0: You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Upland Brits. What is up, rookies, and welcome to episode number four of The Upland Rookie podcast presented by Upland Brits. Whew, we made it. Episode four. I can't believe it. Um, I'm, I'm loving this. It has been a lot of fun uh, doing these episodes. Um, they are dropping every Tuesday. Um, so that's what you can expect going forward. Um, but a uh, insider information, if you want to cheat a little bit, these episodes are actually going to be posted um, to the platforms Monday evenings. Uh, So that they're ready for Tuesday. So if if you want to cheat, if you have some extra time in your hands, you're all caught up on your your other podcast, feel free to tune in uh, to your podcast platforms late Monday evenings when these will be available. It is currently currently Tuesday, April 27th when I'm recording this. And uh, it's about 11 p.m. All my kids are asleep. The wife, I think, is asleep or she could be downstairs. Uh, doing some dishes. Thank you, honey. Um, This episode, we talk with Cade Springsteen and uh, his Instagram account is uh, hunt2live. And uh, we're going to dive in uh, to a lot more with Cade here in a little bit. But first, I want to thank my sponsor, Yukonuba Premium Performance Dog Food. If you want to get the most of your dog and your training sessions, you need nutrition that holds nothing back. Yukonubas new premium performance lineup is built with nutrients dogs need to help unleash their maximum potential. That starts with providing energy that matches their efforts, supporting optimal nutrient delivery and supporting post-exercise recovery. Check out the new Yukonuba Premium Performance lineup and find your dog's fuel today at YukonubaSportingDog.com. I also want to thank Dakota 283. Uh, can't say enough about Dakota. <laughs> They're awesome kennels. Um, I have two of the G3 Medium series. They have, uh, I believe, large and extra large. Um, to fit whatever breed of dog uh, and size that that you need, that you're looking for. Um, so they have lots of options. They have uh, truck storage systems. They have food and watering systems. Um, they, have, they have some really cool products. I think I've talked about the Dash system. It's, it's just a water uh, water system, uh, so no food container built into that, but um, I run the, the dash system uh, year-round, uh, not just in hunting season, but it is the daily driver uh, for my dog run on uh, the side of our house. So really good, good quality products made here in the USA. Uh, if you are going to order anything from Dakota, use my promo code T U R. 10 for 10% off your order at dakota283.com. Now we're going to jump right into the episode in just a minute, Uh, but first we're going to do a listener question. I had it pulled up here somewhere. Oh, found it. Uh, David Harriet. I think David's asked another question too in the past. So David, thank you. Um what type of off-season training work do you do? Um great question. Um currently again we're in late April. Um I'm I'm working on eroding my dog still. Uh that's going to get more intense coming up here in the next few months. But I, I want to keep my dogs in really good condition heading into September. Uh, September can creep up on us pretty quickly. Uh, we're getting through summer, getting kids back into school. And I think a lot of people can have a oh crap moment. Uh, my dog hasn't really worked hard in several months. So I'm really currently working on conditioning my dogs, uh, keeping them in, in top shape. Um, beyond that, um, I like to get them on some birds a couple times a month. Um, I wish it could be more, but a couple times a month is really all I can do right now to keep them on birds, keep them working. Um, so I'll go out with my mentor, Jeff, um, a couple times here and just work my dogs on some pigeons and uh, keep them fresh. Gage right now, I am working on, um, I force fetched him last summer. And so I'm just kind of just going through some, uh, um, just some refreshers with uh, fetching. So we'll do, we'll toss bumpers um, like every day after work or early in the morning. Gunner um, has been a lot of obedience. Um, he, at, currently, he's actually off at training. Um, but, and that was just a couple weeks ago, I sent him. So him, it's just been a lot of uh, recall work, uh, a little bit of, of woe and steady work with him. And so just some basic stuff that I like to do with my dogs, um, kind of year round, not just in the off season and not just during hunting season. So David, I hope that answers your question. I hope that gives you some ideas, but, um, again, roading your dog, I think is really important. Um, the last couple seasons, I, I just started roading my dogs, like just before season, maybe a month out. And this year I wanted to, um, yeah, I wanted to start a little bit earlier. Um, I just want my dogs, um, like, I don't know if it's the standard I have in my mind or, or whatever you call it. I want to head into the hunting year, um, with my dogs, just ready to roll, ready to hit the ground. Um, in nebraska especially because we're we're gonna hit nebraska hard um so we're gonna jump into the episode this is uh number four with cade springston enjoy he seems awesome
1: so well you've got a hell of a lineup though
0: so. yeah for i know it's i've honestly i've i've been surprised i'm kind of like this hey like i'm this random guy would you guys want to do this <laughs> podcast with me and everyone's been like hell yeah like i'd love to so I'm, right uh, yeah i'm feeling feeling pretty blessed for sure
1: for sure good to hear
0: how's how's your day going
1: though uh it, it's been pretty good um so our uh, Wi-Fi went out i work worked as a project engineer um, oh for on a construction site and uh, our Wi-Fi went out so today i was working from home which wasn't too bad but um when you're working from home you don't get too much work done when you have the dogs around yeah and i'm playing totally. with them and i'm always trying to train my dog a little um bumper working
0: with them so yeah yeah
1: it's a pretty good day here um,
0: they're that's raining
1: good. off
0: and on so okay okay
1: yeah no dude compliance.
0: yeah no that's that's hard when uh again there's there's pros and cons of working from home it's right. uh yeah. I've, I've felt both of them it's it's nice to kind of be away i got five kiddos and, and a couple dogs so for us when i'm when i'm home it's zero work is getting done <laughs> i'll just say that right yeah, <laughs> yeah. i don't know it's, it's pretty crazy
1: yeah i don't know how people have done it on COVID. Um, and there you yeah, and yeah, much yeah everyone's working home and uh able to spend time with the families and dogs which is good
0: yeah so, yeah that's been good man yeah it looks yeah, like you've been uh time. you've been been working with your dog quite a bit it looks like you're you're doing some uh some force fetching or retrieve work what are you up to there
1: yeah i'm doing what i can i actually don't have a collar right now um, my collar broke so i'm oh, uh, collar i'm looking at the garmin alpha 200
0: okay nice
1: so once I get that in, it'll be a lot easier to train them. So it's it's required a lot of patience of me just to work with them without a, a collar. Being a German hair and all, oh that.
0: absolutely,
1: her, running yeah. around. Twirling.
0: Yeah, were you telling me? I think it was maybe a few weeks ago we were talking about this. And um, do you not run him with a collar, or you haven't run him with a collar, or is that someone else?
1: Hunting, I have. Um, my dad has an extra collar that I use. Um, so sometimes hunting, I do, but I. have most of my training has been without a collar and i think the biggest thing for my dog and i is just bonding and um he kind of knows how the pace in which i hunt and how we hunt together so he just listens super well um e- even without the collar but uh dude that's once awesome I get the collar i will we'll dot our t's and cross or cross our t's and dot our eyes and, it'll be a lot better and easier with a collar, but yeah, I've been running him with a collar since I got them. So other than a handful of times,
0: but that's really amazing, California man. I, I know yeah. I, myself included. I am, I am, I would be so nervous if I didn't have a collar on my dog. So that is really cool that you have, you guys have that trust built and you guys kind of have that, that level of, I don't know what you want to call it, but that's, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, sometimes you do, If we're hunting with other dogs I found that, he gets a little competitive. So he's always trying to get out in front of those dogs and then he's sometimes bumping birds. So that's the one time I really do need to call But when we're hunting, just him and I, he's real close. He, he doesn't quarter too far and, you know, go out there and bump birds. So that's awesome. It's just him and I works pretty well, but yeah, yeah. other dogs. I don't know what it is. I think it's just a competition thing. For that's him.
0: interesting. Bird that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I haven't, I mean, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't hunted with, a lot of multiple dogs on the ground um a couple times i have and i think i've i've seen that what you're talking about there's a little bit more of a competitive edge like you're saying um but yeah i wonder if yeah i'm sure that's just natural for dogs to be like hey that's that's my bird i want i want that one Right. just
1: like people yeah oh yep, totally trying to get the bird first
0: um 100% yeah
1: and uh my dad has a Brittany. so lately our Brittany's kind of been doing the same thing. She's a little bit competitive and still be on point, and she's been bumping some of his points. So, um, he's been breaking off his points. So, definitely yeah. when I get that caller, I'm going to kind of hone him in again to whoa and hold on those points. So, yeah, that, I definitely recommend a caller. I'm only doing it because I don't right now have the money for a caller. Um, sure. got a new player, am buying furniture and all that.
0: So. <laughs> totally, man. But definitely
1: get a caller. I'm sure it makes it so much easier, but oh, Thus far I've been able to do it without.
0: Well, that's awesome. Well, hey, we're going to get into a lot more um, just talking about your dog and training and all that, but let's back up a little bit. Um, put us on a map right now. Where are you talking to us from? So and, I'm in the and, Hanson, sorry. Minnesota. And who and who are you? Just give us a little overview of, of who, who are okay. you? <laughs> right.
1: My name is Cade Springston. Um, I, I'm Hunt to Live on Instagram, so you can find me on Instagram at Hunt to Live. Uh, but yeah, my name is Case Springston. I live in the Kansas City metro area. I, uh, Overland Park, to be exact. I've lived in Kansas City, or Kansas pretty much my whole life. I was born in Hayes, Kansas. That's where my parents went to college, so I lived there for a hot second, and that's ultimately where my dad's love up when hunting started. But I uh, lived there for six months, moved to Overland Park for about eight years, and moved to Wichita, and moved back to Kansas City, Missouri, where I graduated college. And then I moved to, um, Granby, Colorado for a year because I didn't know what I wanted to do post, <laughs> um, graduation from high school. So I worked at ski resort for a while and then ultimately I decided to go to K-State.
0: Right on. And now
1: I'm here. So now, I you're, now you're back from K-State. Okay. Yeah, now right on. Graduated that's awesome. Surprise, December.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just recently, right? Yep. Dude, that's great. Are you, uh, is Kansas where, is that where you want to be? long term or are you i know you have a connection to colorado and you you do quite a bit of of uh, the snowboarding out here right
1: yeah i do so my dad was born in arvada um oh, my, nice. his parents live in fort Collins, so i go back to colorado as much as i can and my parents uh, have a cabin in granby so that's why i'm always in Grandy and uh, skiing and snowboarding in the winter park yeah that's, so awesome. that's where you'll find me if i'm not in kansas
0: yeah, totally. You uh, did you bring your dog out when you were you were out here in Colorado not too long ago, right? Do you have your dog out here with you?
1: Yeah, I did. I actually for the first time did a little blue grouse hunting, so I was productive. I only did that for a day. I never saw a single one, but yeah. it was. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm in the same <laughs> boat. Experience. I've I've been a couple times chasing blue grouse, not a lot, but maybe three or four times, and uh, I've seen feathers, so I know they were in the area, but uh, haven't been successful yet.
1: Yeah, I don't know what it is. The grouse hunting, I'm just not too good at. I really just take the <laughs> pheasants and bob whites because I know where they're at. If there's like milo or corn, sure, or like a little sunflower patch, I can kind of pick out where the birds are going to sit at. Well, but yeah, grouse, you I mean, you it out.
0: Oh yeah, you f- yeah. you figured out the game of of uh, roosters and and uh, bob whites. Right. So it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a confidence thing too because there's there's this like oh I, I can pick out this field and, and pick out this area and I I know I'll find birds. So that's that's a good mm-hmm. feeling.
1: No, but the, yeah, the grouse, I'll definitely do the grouse hunting again. Um, it was so cool just walking through the aspens when they're turning that, that golden hue. Um, so were you, so were you out there experience. in September then? Yeah, I was. Okay. yeah, nice. was the Second second or third week in September. Right um, on. I only did it for a day and then the rest of the time I fly fished. So sure. I'm a big time mom or avid fly fisherman.
0: Oh, nice, man. That's awesome. So, did you grow up doing that or, or did you get yeah, into that later? Yeah, my
1: dad, my dad started that, um, he kind of instilled that into me and um, I've really been getting into it. The older I've gotten and better I've gotten fly fishing. I'd consider the archery of uh, mm. fishing just because yeah. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. And it is pretty difficult and requires a lot of patience. Me. But as I've gotten older, kind of learned the depth of the river and the flows and the eddies and when that the hatches are uh, coming about and what's hatching, then you get a little bit better at it and then you're able to, you know, get more fish, but yeah, the biggest thing is just not getting tangled. I don't always get birds first and I just get <laughs> That's
0: that's gotta be tricky, man. Whenever I see these guys uh, online or whatever, I have some buddies that fly fish as well, and it looks it looks amazing. And um, everything I see, I see something, I'm like, I I would get this huge old rat's nest, and <laughs> I just worry about all the line. And um, yeah. but it looks like a blast, man
1: no it is it's dope. and it's, it's cool just sitting in the string if you're not catching anything it's just, it's just gorgeous sitting in the middle of the stream, just playing it in yeah. out there yeah know.
0: even if you don't catch anything you're out you're out in nature you're out in the woods and just and that's yeah. that's uh, i don't know that's the best thing too just about upland hunting too or duck hunting whatever whatever kind of hunting it is or outdoor recreation it's uh, there's days i don't get a bird and you know whatever but it's still a great day it beats right. you know sitting at home doing nothing or you know, I don't know, doing our nine to five or so stuff like that. So. Exactly. Yeah. And, it just
1: uh, kind of recalibrates
0: everything in your life. And, oh, totally. Hey, uh, I, I think this was you. Do you rode your dog on a longboard? Or is that someone else? I do. Like you? Yeah. you do? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing so someone like while like back. That's, so I, I rode mine on a, a, a mountain bike and um, I, I a couple times a week when it's nice out. And uh, it's, I mean, I've got it down pat now. Um, I feel confident. There's some sketchy times if if he sees a bird or something. Um, but I saw yeah. on this longboard, and I'm like, dude, that's, that's another level.
1: Yeah, I want to recommend it if you don't have good balance. And I definitely definitely recommend a helmet. I don't wear a it helmet; it's pretty stupid. But, uh,
0: <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, I, like,
1: I know, right? Safety first. No, um, I like to. I I grew up skateboarding and longboarding and snowboarding and all that, so I was like, you know what? I think my dog. I think this would be a good idea. So. Um I hooked my dog up to the harness and I just let him fly and we're just go flying down the road and I've clocked him at about fifteen to twenty miles an hour and he's holding it for Dang. two miles just down the road. So and it's funny because um in Manhattan when I did that a lot there'd be a lot of people driving by and they would slow their cars down just to film it, put it on Snapchat or Instagram. And <laughs> people always get a kick out of that when they see the town just yeah,
0: just booking it
1: beast mode tracking. Yeah. Just so, booking it. Yeah. We'll do that. It's good for his pads, kind of build those up and then his endurance as well. But I'll do that yeah. and then I'll ride my bike as well with him and run because I need to get exercise myself. Yeah, I know totally. I feel so, kinda like
0: I'm cheating when I'm when I'm on the bike. Cause I, I like him to pull me because it's it just it's harder for him to to you know, just to pull. So I'm like, Oh, this is right. great. He's yeah. building up some muscle, some cardio, all that. But then I get these looks all the time, like and we're in a we're in a pretty urban city area, so this is very unusual. Sure. So, people give me these crazy looks, and I'm just like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> just, you know, rode right. my dog. <laughs> but, All right, um, I,
1: I, I was going to ask,
0: oh, yeah, totally. Um, I was going to ask with uh, with roading dogs, do you know? So, again, where I'm roading my dog, it's it's a lot of pavement. I mean, there's not a lot of rocks. Mm-hmm. And, and I've heard like you should get them on like rocks and gravel to get, kind of get those pads toughened up. Are you finding, so are you on concrete or, or flat surface or are you trying to get on gravel and stuff like that?
1: I am on concrete. I don't really, when I'm longboarding, I'm looking for, I'm not riding on the asphalt road because it's a lot of rocks and I don't want to eat a rock and just bend it. Sure. I don't want to crash and burn. Um, so usually I go for the sidewalk, but you know what? I don't, I don't know. I don't purposely try to build up these paths. I know it's good. I hear different, different yeah, things. I've, I've heard it.
0: different things.
1: Um, but I, I, I definitely won't take him out when the sun is just being down a hot. I don't want to burn his pads and do that him. So well, a little bit of both.
0: Um, yeah. you know, I don't want to,
1: he, he has tough pads as it is, so I don't well, really need to do it. Yeah. it's uh, good. I have heard it does help, but, um, yeah, usually about the month before,
0: test, but, usually about August time, I'll try to, I'll try to find some gravel areas and t- gravel trails. That I'll try to just tough them up right. a little bit before September hits, but um awesome dude let's jump into to hunting a little bit how uh, how was this past season for you and what uh it sounds like bob weiss and pheasant are kind of your main bird you're chasing or tell us a little bit about this past season
1: yeah so this past season is probably one of my better seasons not because of the sheer bird numbers and what i saw just because i got out a lot more with COVID and everything and with my um, senior year of college so i kind of finished the semester earlier but I started off the season pretty um, doing some prairie chicken hunting. Um, K-State is in Manhattan, which sits in the Flint Hills. Gorgeous. I mean, I recommend K-State. If you're thinking about school in Kansas, go to K-State. Email That's awesome. All the way. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, there's uh, – so in September, I went out and chased prairie chickens. I never saw one, but I walked to Flint Hills, and it was, it was amazing. And then again, I just don't know what I'm doing as far as drought. <laughs> like I said, I, I can't point where the pheasants and the quell are going to be because I've done it my whole life. And, they're usually around feed fields, but this grouse hunting is just a different beast because, like, it's just a vast open landscape, and you just don't. It's like a tiny needle in a haystack. You don't know where it's pretty much, yeah. Is, so,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. I did a little bit of that in September. It was never fruitful, and then come November, second week of November, my parents lived in Dodge. So I went down to Dodge for opening weekend. We uh, we have a party that normally comes out, and we do that. We do that every opening weekend, and it was pretty good, and then every other weekend after that i pretty much found it every, every single weekend um just because i uh, was able to do school from home and then yeah. every weekend so it was awesome
0: yeah. that's dude that sounds great just to be able to get out there consistently with your dog and and uh again like you said even in september chasing prairie chickens even though you didn't find anything i'm sure it beats the, then doing a lot of other things
1: right and so the funny thing about that is, um, there's a zone in Kansas, the southwestern unit, that you can't hunt the prairie chickens there. It's oh, that's right. Yeah, prairie chickens. That's where I saw the most prairie chickens. And I probably saw the most prairie chickens in the last five to ten years. Really? It was this past season? Yeah, I probably wow. saw close to three, three to four hundred chickens.
0: So were you seeing so you them? Got when, a, were you seeing them when you were out uh, chasing pheasants?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I wasn't out looking for them. Or anything, sure, I saw a whole bunch. So wow. it, that's that's good to see.
0: Yeah. So do, real quick question on that. Do you know why that, zo- that zone is closed down to
1: uh, prairie chickens? I just think the numbers are hurting really bad. Okay. Um, I don't.
0: It's, so they're trying to bring it, farming, bring it back a little
1: bit. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it'll ever open up back, back up again. Um, I don't know. But uh, okay. yeah, I don't know if it's farming practices or grazing and burning. But um, yeah, they're just hurting in that unit a lot more than the other um, areas in Kansas. Gotcha. really just the life of prairie chickens.
0: Sure, sure. So did you ever, prior to this season, did you ever chase or target prairie chickens prior, or was this your first time?
1: Uh, I've shot two prairie chickens in my life, and the last one I shot was probably 10 years ago. Oh, wow. And that was north-central Kansas, and I wasn't hunting them purposefully. Okay. You know, it was kind of inadvertent, Um, well, your pheasant and quail hunting. So I shot one there. Actually, the first one we were driving out to, uh, a feather spot near Stockton, Kansas. And, um, we saw them flying some roost into a feed build and I ran out and hit behind a bill. I shot my first one. Nice, no, nice. I've never, I, I've never walked the walked out there purposely hunting prairie chickens until this sure. past year. So. Sure. Well, I,
0: uh, I, so I, I tried, uh, chasing prairie chickens this year, um, in Kansas. I, uh, I only went out two days for, uh, chasing the chickens and uh, like you didn't see any, Um, but it was a great two days walking the fields. Um, I, where was I? I was North. It's like North central ish area. Um, and I kind of went back to that same area for pheasant. I was, I was messaging with you when I was out there. I was, uh, when I was looking for, uh, bobs and and roosters and I was like, dude, I'm walking some amazing fields. Like every field I hit on this trip, it felt good. Like it looked good. I was like, there's gotta be birds here. And in those couple of days, I was, I was chasing uh, roosters and bobs. Zero. Well, no, I'll, I'll say uh-huh. I saw two hens. Two hens I saw. But uh, it was weird. It was weird. Uh,
1: was that around Goodland or Colby? Was it kind of more, further more, west? More northwestern?
0: Colby. A little bit, what's east of Colby? Like a little bit east.
1: Oakley, maybe. But that might be a little bit further east.
0: Okay. I was pretty like, like north central. Like almost
1: west of Hayes. Hayes is probably about center of Kansas, north, central. So Maybe a little west of
0: Hayes then. Yeah. I think a little west of Hayes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've, uh, I've hunted around Colby a long time ago for peasants and, um, I've heard great things over the years. Um, I never really had too much luck that the one or two times I've went, um, but as far as curry chickens, I don't know.
0: Yeah, (laughs) totally.
1: Who knows? That is not my own really yeah not to say i won't go out again and do it but,
0: oh sure sure yeah. do you uh have you hunted or, or do you have any plans to hunt outside of kansas in the coming years or do you have you just stuck to stuck to your home state
1: yeah so this year my dad and i we might be planning to, go to southwestern north dakota he knows um a co-worker's husband um grew up on a farm up there so um, we might be we might go up there early part of october or late part of october and do some hunting nice um for some sharp tails and puns i don't think they have prairie chicken sharp tail puns but yeah i definitely want to travel and yeah go shoot new species and you know the fun part about upland hunting is there's all these different species but they live in all these really cool places so at the same time you get to travel and see neat things yeah absolutely my dad just bought a camper actually two days ago oh nice 14 foot Camper with a queen size bed and a pull out couch. So oh, that's going to be so nice. We're definitely going to start traveling now. Yeah, that's going really to be really nice that. to
0: to be in that thing. Um, I yeah. think I think uh, South Dakota has prairie, or yeah, I think they have prairie chickens and sharpies. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. I could be wrong, but dude, that'll be uh, that'll be a great trip.
1: Have you ever been um, outside of Colorado? Uh, we, well, I heard you hunt Kansas and Nebraska, but have you ever gone outside of? Yeah. So I've hunted. Farm?
0: No, uh, no. So, so Colorado, Kansas, Nebraska, and Illinois. But it was preserve hunting in Illinois. So I don't know. If, mm-hmm. I'm not going to count that as wild birds. But sure. um, so those are the only places I've uh, I've traveled outside uh, of where I live currently. Do you
1: have any plans to go anywhere
0: else? I I do. I, I have some big plans. I'm I'm getting it all approved by the wife still. Uh, right. But this uh, this year, I am uh, September. I'm going to do a couple day trip to back to Nebraska chasing sharp tails. Had a great, it was just a great time. It was my first year chasing sharptails last year, um, went early September and it was kind of dumb luck. How, how I stumbled across these birds. Uh, I was way like North central Nebraska. Um, but as soon as I found, um, I was doing a lot of research on like what to look for and all that with the birds. And I was walking, walking for probably half the day. Didn't see anything. And I was, I remembered, um, is it Tyler Webster from the Birds, Booze, and Buds uh, mm-hmm. uh, channel? He talked about those little berries, those little red uh, choke cherries. So I'm walking, yeah. and I finally see a little patch of them. And I'm like, "Oh, this is awesome!" So I'm bending down, taking pictures of them. I'm like, this is so cool. I stand up, to two sharpies flush. I'm like, "Oh, game on! Here we go!" So the rest of the trip was awesome. Kind of, kind of figured out the game a little bit on uh, on where to find them. So, um, doing Nebraska for sure. And then later September, I want to go up to Montana, uh, again, chase Sharpies and Huns, uh, up there in Montana and possibly dip over into, uh, North Dakota. So that's, that's September. And then October, again, possibly South Dakota. Um, a lot, a lot of my focus this year is on Sharpies. I don't know what it is. I was going to
1: ask if those certain species or if you're just trying to see different states and
0: different geographical yeah areas. i mean yes to all that um but i just had such a great time with sharptails they hold really nice for the dogs um i, I just, yeah I, I got hooked really really fast so i'm uh, i'm excited so we'll see what the rest Do of they walk up like. yeah so i think technically they are a covey bird i was seeing them flush in probably three to four birds at a time um so i think i guess you could call that a covey
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, so probably like prairie chickens. I'm sure. I know that the prairie chicken's early season, in September, that's probably when you're going to get the best dog work because they're in singles and doubles and they're not in those, those huge legs. Yeah. Um, and then later on in the season when it gets colder, I think they all group up just to stay warm. Exactly. Season, you know, exactly. Reasons, but yeah. yeah.
0: The other, the other thing with Sharpies is, uh, again, I, I figured out, uh, on this, this hunt in September was, um, South, Yeah. South facing facing slopes. Every group I saw was on a south facing slope and Mm. going into it. I knew that. And I was like, I'll see how true this is. I was kind of skeptical, but sure enough, man, these birds south facing slope every single time. And I was like, wow, there's something to that. I think that they're just warming up. They're just kind of just chilling out in the, uh, in the late morning. So
1: it was pretty cool in the morning. Yeah. 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 That's awesome.
0: It was man. It was was awesome.
1: Do you, uh, plan on, so shark is your favorite species is that what you primarily, you know, um, trying to go after for the most part? So, so sharpies.
0: Quail? Okay. So sh- that's a loaded question. Sharpies, yeah. I think have become my favorite species. Okay. Maybe <laughs> pheasants. I mean, if you were to ask me early last year, I would have said pheasants, no doubt. But once right. I, got, I got a taste of sharpies, I- I'm kind of hooked. So I don't know huh. if I'm I'm migrating over that way or what, but uh, pheasants are probably a very close second right now.
1: Okay, and when you say taste, how how do they actually taste? I know they have a really dark meat, and I've I've eaten prairie chicken before, and I'm I'm a little iffy on it, and it's probably because I overcooked it. I heard you're supposed to cook it like uh, you would with waterfowl, kind of leave it on the little rare side. Yep,
0: 100 percent agree. I'm no joke. I uh, I think I posted a picture a while back on this, so I, I cooked it that night after I shot a couple on the tailgate, grilled them, like salt, pepper, and some butter. Yeah. Like, rare for sure. And it was like steak. Uh, No no joke. It was by far my favorite game bird I've had. Now, I haven't had a lot. I've only had pheasants, um, some waterfowl, and uh, bob whites. So I haven't had a a huge plate of of upland birds, but these were phenomenal.
1: Awesome to hear. Yeah, I would have to say... Quella probably my favorite taste of okay. game birds at okay. all. And then a peasant is the close second, but I've only ever had the upland birds that are native to Kansas, Bob White, sure. and the two prairie chickens I shot. But yeah, I'm, sure, sure. I'm sure sage, sage grouse and short um, till tastes good. Too. Uh, I was
0: going to ask you about sage grouse. Do you have any desire to, to go after a sage grouse sometime?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, I've just never really uh, considered it because there's all these other species I want to taste. I've really gotten hooked on the quail um i went to Cimarron national grasslands uh last weekend of january and i really got hooked on chasing skill quail so um, my primary focus right now is quail but uh yeah i want to be opposed to hunting stage you yeah. never really thought about I, it i've, they're I've cool heard they're, i've heard birds. they're
0: big yeah i've heard they're big uh birds as well right they're like um they call them the bombers or? basketball they're, yeah, or the bombers. yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah i'm
1: sure they're hard to bring down
0: yeah um, all right, going, going back to your hunting season. Um, well, first off, uh, so you talked about quail, you, you love chasing quail. How are the scaled quail down in, uh, the Cimarron and, and talk about well, actually, the Cimarron my, trip.
1: Oh, it was great. I totally recommend it. If you want to get as far West and as wild as you possibly can in Kansas, I go to Cimarron National Grasslands. So the whole backstory of the Cimarron National Grasslands was during the Dust Bowl, um, well, it's kind of what started the Dust Bowl. There's all these bad farming practices and they filled up all the ground and all the topsoil kind of left and started the Dust Bowl. And that area, Morton County, um, I think it's Morton, and it's another county, but they were the hardest hits during the Dust Bowl area. So it was all just bluegrass or stem, um, just normal native prairie grass and then all turned into sagebrush and then uh, yucca plants. It's pretty uh, distressed. Desert-like, foliage um, it. It's totally different from the rest of Kansas, but it was it was awesome ground. I definitely recommend it. There's just rolling sand hills, so that's just kind of the layout of the land. And then there's a Cimarron River that goes through it, and it's dried up. There's no water that goes through. it. So it's just a wide, sandy bank with some cottonwood trees in it. But I went twice. um Just in talking to Edgar, otherwise known as Hunt Bird.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, Canada. you went down there with him.
1: Yeah, the second time I went down there. The first okay. time he gave me some pointers, I went down there, stayed the night in Ella Cart in a little motel. Never saw any. Talked to some other guys from Tennessee. They had a whole trailer full of dogs and they've been coming out here for years. And they said this year was pretty hard. Okay. And also went into the ranger station and they told me that. Well, I went in, the guy asked me, What are you hunting off like, scale "Quail." And he just laughed at me. I was like, Oh, no man, way. This is going to be a tough hunt. Oh, yeah, no. Like, yeah. The birds are hunt- the the scaled quail are hurting pretty bad this year. Wow, um, I, just, I don't think they got the good rains or the rain okay. came at the wrong time during the hatch. But and real real quick, are there white.
0: are there other quail in the Cimarron, or is it just scaled?
1: There's bobwhite, and I All think right. there's this this season. He was telling me the bobwhite scaled quail ratio is four to one, so there's, there's bobwhite oh, wow. four and the, yeah. So I mean, and you're going to find most of bobwhite along the river bottoms. Sure. So the second time we went down with uh it was my dad he came down the first time i went down by myself with my dog just to try it out second time i went down with edgar and his hunting group um he had two other guys dan Rowe, and um, another guy named jason and then my dad came down with us and we met up we hit about two or three spots i guess you're supposed to walk these guzzlers so they put these guzzlers out there for water for these birds and sure. you're too big Looping circles around them. Because um, uh-huh. usually the birds in the morning they roost around that and get their water and then they come back in the evening. These are, are they
0: like those big cattle guzzlers or are these specific for like smaller game?
1: um They'll go around the cattle guzzlers or like windmills, but these are specifically for wild birds. So they're just oh, like wow. a four by four little frame of two by fours and then um some aluminum um, on gotcha. top. Gotcha. Okay. And then it kind of trickles down in this little dish that they drink out of but yeah um that's where the birds are supposed to be um i think we saw two they came up pretty wild we found some fresh poop and feathers we found the root site. we found a bunch of poop in a circle and um, we saw two birds get up pretty far um i've never seen skeletal before so i wasn't sure they're a little bit bigger than bob white and they have a longer tail so that's what threw me off these birds got up and flew like a quail but they were gray and they had a little bit longer tail, so I just couldn't tell. And anyway, we, even if I knew they skeletal Skellaquill, they are a little too far out.
0: Sure, so, sure. I
1: mean, out of the two times I went, I only saw two. Okay. After we um, watched a couple spots of the Skellaquill, uh, we decided to hit the river bottom and, and we got into a few covers of quill, which is, they're pretty cool um, down the river bottom because the quill or not the skeletal, but the bog white cubbies uh, are a lot smaller because there's no feed down there um, oh. so they have smaller cubbies and they're actually smaller body oh really yeah, yeah. So, so we so. got four or five bob white that trip, okay. but um it was it was still so cool it was so cool nonetheless
0: oh yeah sounds like a great trip yeah. how is the um again I'm just asking this off of what I've heard from other people is the um is like the thorns and the cactus and the like are you booting your dogs I, i've heard it's bad how bad actually is it
1: that's yeah that's what i heard before i went down and that's where roading probably definitely comes in handy and would definitely help with that um there's definitely a lot of sandbirds or goat heads um cactus everywhere they even have uh, some choya cactus they're really cool looking they're big spiny looking cactus with yellow flowers on them but okay um, if your dogs have tender feet i'd definitely boot them i didn't boot mine um just because he has pretty thick pads. And, okay. Um,
0: did, did he there. do all right? Did he just kind of plow through it? And...
1: No, I only picked a few thorns out of his pad. Oh, nice. Um, he, yeah, he hunted hard. Um, we didn't take our Brittany because she had a pretty thin skin and her pads just don't hold up very well. So okay. if you have a dog that has tender feet, I'd I'll probably, I'll probably boot him on it.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely gnarly. Probably some of the gnarliest country in Kansas.
0: Sure all yeah. right and then and then uh so you hunted bob whites and kind of throughout the state in this last season how's how's your dog do on bob whites and, and pheasant you is see he, is he, i mean how's he doing how's he doing on, on both those species
1: he does pretty well um i'd definitely say pheasant's sort of strong suit um just because he's a wide ranger and he can really pin those birds down nice um, better so than our britney but i will say on the other hand our Brittany, which i've I've grown up with britney's my whole life and i love them to death. i think Brittany do a little bit better on the, the Bob White than the mm. pheasants compared to um, short hairs. Okay, I don't know why that is. Maybe maybe their hunting cell But um, my dog. you he, he's exactly right. here.
0: Oh, oh, dude, he is
1: out. <laughs> yeah, he's tired. Like, oh. He is out. What's his name? I'm running today, Coda. Coda. Um, okay. Like Coda from Brother Bear. Oh, nice, it's nice. The Disney movie. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um. No, he uh he does well in both birds. I think he does a little bit better on pheasants just because he can kind of track him down and run after him and yeah, hold down. Um, okay, better for so, whatever reason.
0: So, a couple questions. So, one, how old is Coda? And two, tell me a little bit about. Um, so, if you grew up with Britney's, what what led you to pick up a GSP?
1: So, Coda is he'll be two April twenty eighth. Uh, that's actually my dad's birthday. I got oh, nice. him from. Um, some guy in Tonganoxie, he just loves his female so much. He wanted to breed her out and, um, keep one of her puppies. So I got him for $300 actually. Oh wow. Um, real cheap. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and I planned on getting a Brittany. Um, I actually had a, uh, I reserved a spot for a liver female Brittany out of Reneck Ranch. And that was supposed to happen. The pub was supposed to be born in September tw- 2019 or 2019. And I went out, I saw this Facebook post, uh, of german short hair puppies like you know what i want a bird dog um i just want to go out and see some puppies so i went out yeah. and it's only 30 minutes from where i was staying out am talking and oxy and uh i, I mean that is the first mistake i made you know if you're gonna go <laughs> oh, see yeah. a puppy you're you probably go, gonna leave a puppy. you are
0: coming home with that puppy
1: so yeah i never plan on getting a german short hair um but, like i mentioned i always grew britney's my dad's always been a britney guy and um I don't know. I just saw him, and I really wanted him. And I think German Shorthair just kind of matched my hunting style and the pace at which I hunt. And also, yep. I've been getting into waterfowl hunting. Not that German Shorthair—they're not the greatest. I, I want to say they're the go-to dog for um, waterfowl, just because their coats don't hold up well in the winter. Sure, He's better in the early, uh, early. I, I, seasons, I know but, quite. A,
0: uh, I know quite a few uh, GSPs that that do both. They do upland hunting and and do waterfowl pretty well.
1: Right, and that, yeah, and that's why I wanted him. Uh, or a German short hair because you know they, they're they they're pretty versatile and uh I, I like how they range a little bit for since I'm getting into grouse hunting. I think um that would be a little bit better for grouse. Yeah that'll hunting, that'll, uh, that'll, that'll lend a couple more yeah, ground.
0: That'll lend yeah. really well for a few hits uh some grouse and stuff.
1: Yeah, but nothing against Britney's I love Britneys. Um if I were to get a second dog, I'd probably get a Briton.
0: Um, really nice, or
1: another German Shorthair. But I like to mix it up. I, I, <laughs> it's I love tough,
0: birds. man. No, I'm I'm yeah. with you. It's I I mean I'm freaking upland Brits. I, I love them. Yeah, there's, there's so many other breeds too that I'm like, oh, I like I like that Pointer. I like that Setter. Um, there's so many different breeds. I, I mean, I would love to have some day and you know hunt over and, and see their style and stuff. So there's so many good breeds right. out there.
1: Yeah, there's a dog for every style, every hunter, and every every species of bird. That's great. Yeah.
0: No, there really is. Um, oh, yeah, I was going to ask if you if you do any other kind of hunting. Do you do any like, deer hunting? I know you said waterfowl. Um, do you do any big game hunting as well?
1: Yeah, I do it all. Um, I mean, <laughs> if I could get out in the outdoors, I'm out in the outdoors. It's either a fly rod in my hand, a gun, or a bow. I've shot a few deer in my life. Um, I've done archery hunting once, and I was absolutely hooked after I got my mm. first deer. Um, my first year was actually it was a pretty cool story. I left the blind. I was pretty cold. I was not dressed for the weather. I was like, you know what? Through this, my dad was out, um, pheasant and quail hunting while I was sitting in the blind. I was like, oh, oh, nice. a deer. so I left the blind, started walking back. I was in the middle of the South field and I could see through the trees that there was this buck with his head down, um, falling a, a hot doe. Mm-hmm. So I took off my backpack so I could crawl through the field and I got to the edge of the field and he's coming my way. And he comes through this low water crossing area, and he gets about ten yards from me. I grunt and I just stand up, and I'm on the ground, level with him. He's oh wow! I, I stand up out of the grass, and I just stick in that ten yards, and oh, up and hook. But oh, so cool! Yeah, I plan on getting out there again and doing it. Um, yeah. I to restring my bow, but until then, yeah,
0: yeah, that's. I, great, I'd man.
1: really like to go to Colorado and um, do some elk hunting. I've I've elk hunted twice before. Okay. And I've never seen elk. Um, I've only been out for two days in total, or two days in total, all of the two times I've gone. It's okay. like The last two days of the last segment of rifle season. Oh, okay. So there's snow on the ground already. There's sure. It's nasty. Um, yep. Yeah. But no, I definitely want to go out there in September when they're and, Oh, yeah, for sure. With a bow.
0: For sure. Yeah. I, hunted, uh, so, I yeah. hunted elk for the first time last year. Um, I was doing, a, I think we were in second or third no yeah, we, we were in third rifle last year and uh, we got a blizzard the last no we were there a day got the blizzard the next day um didn't see anything we saw one spike actually and um so we were, we we're hunting not seeing anything uh, blizzard hit then i got a, uh i had like a garmin gps communicator with me those in reaches and my wife calls and she's like hey we all just tested positive for covid She's like, we're pretty sick. I think you should come home. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. and I started yeah. not feeling good. And uh so sure enough, I, I ended up having it as well. So um wow. so we, we packed up early and it, it all worked out. But uh um it was it was definitely a memorable trip, but not for uh yeah. <laughs> not like we no. were packing not like we were packing out an elk or anything, but
1: no, and not always hard but fun. I've
0: heard, oh, yeah, it was, it was a blast. So, first time doing it, definitely want to. Yeah. Uh, I started, I started taking up archery again this year, this past year, and uh, so definitely would like to get out and uh, try, try my hand at archery elk hunting. All
1: right, you uh, have you ever mule deer hunted? Do you plan on doing that?
0: I would like uh, to, yeah, a I, or a rifle, yeah, I, yeah with, with anything. I'd love to get out there. Right. Some, I'm building yeah. up some points right now in Colorado for. Uh, for bear, uh, deer, and elk. Um, so this okay. year, I'm just doing. I just put in my my points. I'm just doing preference points for for all three. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna let them accumulate. I think I have four. I think I have four points now for each each species. Um, and then I'll just do an over-the-counter uh, archery tag.
1: So those, I haven't hunted too much in Colorado, other than the two times I went with my dad. He's the one who got the tag in Colorado because they were living in Colorado at the time. But, okay. Um, so for pretty much everything, you have to build up points, right? Except for upland game, and maybe for very.
0: So, so yeah, so big, so anything big game, it's it's pretty much a preference point game. Um, I'm okay. not super familiar with the system, but um, yeah, more points, better odds to draw, uh, better tags. But there's also a lot of units that have uh, unlimited over the counter. Um, so it's not all units, but certain units will have will have uh, over the counter tags. Turkey or, right, and I'm, it's kind of similar as well.
1: Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. I was a little confused. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah, we were talking turkey a while back. Yeah, 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 that's interesting. Do you not? Do you guys not have too many turkeys there, or uh, why, why um, do you guys
0: do that? We, I mean, we do. I, it, there's just there. There's like there's pockets and then the whole tag systems. So I don't know. I, I think they're here. I've never been successful mm-hmm. with a Colorado turkey. Um, So we have like I forget the the speech. Like Miriam's. And Rio Grande. I think the Rio Grands are east of I 25 and the Miriams what? are west of 25. Mm-hmm. So I, they're here. I, I just, last year I got close. I got I got a gobble um, s- several days. I went out probably six or seven days total, same spot, heard this Tom, like he would gobble him back to me and he would get maybe, uh, sounded maybe like 30, 40 yards. But I was in such thick uh, timber and, and cover, I could never get eyes on him. So every day I went back for six, six or seven days, I heard him. He'd get close and just kind of wander off. So I could never get him to to kind of come through this this huge brush pile. So a little little frustrating, but it, it left me wanting more and left me wanting to get back after it. So
1: yeah, that's how turkey hunting is. I mean, yeah, I, I hate those birds and I love them. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. If a for upland hunting, I think turkey hunting would be uh, my favorite
0: thing to hunt probably. Oh uh, yeah. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. I, I like it too. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, if I had to rank things, I'd probably go, uh, upland hunting turkey, then, then elk. Um, there's some, yeah. I don't know, it's some, I mean, again, I got kids and stuff and so turkey hunting is something I can, it's just a little easier to bring them out there, sit in the blind or sure, sure. stalk around a little bit. It's kind of nice to just get the kids out there and, kind of a low key, you don't have to travel as far kind of a trip. So,
1: no, yeah, definitely a good introductory hunt.
0: Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. I mean, you
1: can sit and you can put up a pop-up line and you, just have, you don't even have to wear camo and the pop-up yeah. line. You can exactly. a knack, read a book, take a nap. Totally.
0: You know, kids, whatever, kids can you know, run around. So yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah.
0: Oh, dude. Um, wow. I was going to ask you, Oh, are you hunting? So back to Upland, are you doing mostly uh, public land, private land? What's your kind of strategy for hunting upland game in Kansas?
1: Um, so I grew up when my parents met. Um, they went to high school in Garden City. My mom grew up on fifty five hundred acres southwest of Garden, about ten miles southwest of Garden City, in the Sandhills, um, right just south of Garden. And um, my dad, uh, kind of, that's where his love of upland hunting really started. Is uh, when he started dating my mom and was able to hunt the farm. But um, so for the longest time, I was hunting private. And then we started to sell some of that off because the Ogallala aquifer that's there is starting to deplete, and um, Mm. they're predicting within a few decades that the water won't be there. So we've been selling off a lot of land. with Sunflower Electric and um, other power plants. But uh, yeah, for the longest time, it's primarily private, and uh, we do some public hunting. Uh, Like I said, my dad went to college around in Hayes, at Fort Hayes State, and there's a lot of good hunting ground in North Central Kansas. I think some of the best public sure. hunting ground is probably that north central area
0: yeah
1: and um but as of now we probably do 60 40 60 being uh, private ground my dad okay. knows a lot of people and um a lot of people that work up with him in the school district um come from farming background so he just, oh, he nice. just knocks on doors and yeah I mean, that's what you really got to do just knock on doors i don't think most people don't care if you're out there hunting um pheasants or quail um, as long as there's no cattle out there far sure. deer. And, waterfowl and things like that it's a little bit harder to come by but yeah gotcha a little bit of both Probably yeah and I
0: mean, kansas kansas has a ton of of public land too i was looking at the atlas and onyx and it's it's pretty awesome the amount of uh walking access land they do have which is pretty cool
1: oh yeah there is a lot and um i think the most um the most in one group is at Seminole national grassland I mean, okay national grassland but uh sure yeah, Kansas has done pretty well with that. Oh, um, this past year, a lot has been getting bailed though. Um, I just think mm. because of the drought, and um, oh, ranchers sure. have been hurting. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, lots of lots of uh, great ground.
0: Yeah, how's the, yeah. Has your has your spring? Do you pay attention to the weather pretty closely in the spring, summer, like during the hatch, or are you just do you not really follow that too closely?
1: No, I do. I definitely think that's um, a huge. Um, indicator of how the season's going to go. And um, we kind of keep a journal and uh, make note of that. Um, We kind of track how many birds we shoot and then match that to the weather patterns that happen that year.
0: Nice, uh, nice.
1: I don't think it matters how much rain, but when they get rain. So the past, not this year, but the year before, we got a lot of rain. I think probably record-breaking rain in the the spring. And uh, a lot of stuff was flooding. Um, And then about end of June, early July, it just shut off. And then there's nothing. Nothing, and um, the birds are hurting. I think so. I think if you just have a good, steady rain throughout the whole summer, so you know nothing too crazy like a monsoon, no hail
0: month, yeah,
1: right. And it has to time up perfectly with their hatch. Sure, Um, I think that's a big indicator to their success rate. Absolutely, but yeah, I definitely um keep track of those rain patterns, especially in certain areas in Kansas or wherever you're going to hunt. You know, just absolutely know wherever they're getting rain, good rain. That's yeah, where you
0: should be that, that's something i want to try to yeah get a little better at is i haven't done that i've heard of guys doing it and kind of just like you said tracking it a little bit and then kind of matching it up with the with the season ahead and seeing if there's any correlation so it's something i definitely want to try a little bit more this year
1: right yeah honey all year round whether you're training your dogs or tracking the rain yeah, yeah. i mean you're always preparing for the season hey, every the short window every
0: yeah every year i'm doing this I'm, I'm learning that exact thing this this is not just a September to January thing. This is a no. January to January thing.
1: Exactly. If you're going to go out there unprepared with your hands in your pocket you're you're going to get your butt kicked.
0: Exactly. So, hey, yeah. you uh you mentioned it um a little bit already. I want to ask you about uh this thing called the log of lies. Uh a little little journal. Tell me a little bit more about that. Um I was on your blog um just looking through some of the posts and there's some there's some cool posts on there. Is it mostly your dad that's posting or writing these articles are you doing any of it tell us a little bit more about this
1: yeah so uh the log of alive started by my dad and it's just the old spiral notebook that he started um back in college back mid 90s or early 90s when he was at fort hay state and he just started journaling every hunt so um every hunt whether successful or not whether he got his one or just a few birds he'd write it down just kind of things that would stand out would stick out to him and, um, and whoever else he hunted with him, he would have him right in that as well. And kind of implied with the name, blog um, of life truth or fable. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of funny stories in them in there, whether they're far-fetched or you <laughs> know, the truth, but, uh, yeah, he's been doing that since the early nineties. Um, and he does it for a few reasons, just, you know, cause over time, after a while, the hunts start to mesh together. Um, either you shot your limit of birds or you didn't, or your dog did great, or your dog didn't do great. Mm. And you kind of kind of forget some of those hunts. So, like, you just write down the things that stood out the most so you can revisit those and be like, oh, yeah, I remember this spot. And I remember um, our dog did well, and we were hunting with them. And um, also the second piece of that, he kind of matches up the he, – he writes down how many birds he got or how many birds he saw during that hunt, and he kind of matches that up with the weather patterns, so he's able to predict the next season. How that season's going to go, and how many birds, or the success rate of the birds will go. And then there's a there's a third piece to it. Uh, whenever he goes and knocks on um, farmers' doors, he kind of write their name, jots their information down, and keeps uh, he's, he's keeps in touch with them. So he can always revisit those and ask for permission on their land again. But yeah, um, I've been trying to bring it back to life myself. I've got my own journal, and uh, yeah. I started a website and uh, started to blog a little bit.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah. There, I was reading, uh, when I think your dad wrote this one, it it was titled, uh, social media's influence on hunters. Um, it's a, it's a cool one. It's, uh, it's really well done. I like his perspective on, um, just how social media can, can open up connections and opportunities, um, and, and bring hunters together, um, just around our, our common love for, for upland birds and, and being in the outdoors. Um, so I, I encourage everyone to, to check that one out. That was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I mean that's how we uh ultimately got together and um, got to know each other through yeah. Instagram
0: and just you know, A- absolutely just
1: pictures and, I've to and
0: connect. How yeah. the algorithm works. <laughs> exactly. I've gotten you know? to connect with some amazing uh, amazing people who, again, we all we all share the same passion and it's it's around our dogs and hunting and birds and um, and just sharing stories and sharing successes and failures. I think that's important of you know not. You know, not everyone's gonna get uh, you know that that tailgate picture at the end of of a limit of birds, but you know that's okay. It's it's about the experience out there and something we can all relate to,
1: right? And there's more than one right one right way to do things. Um, You can learn from everyone. Everyone has their own way of doing things. Every time I hunt with someone like Edgar, for example, you just pick up new things on how they on how they do stuff and why they want to do a certain thing. I, I think it's great. Um, it's great for community, it's great bringing awareness to upland hunting and conservation as a whole. Um,
0: Absolutely, man. Yeah. That's, that's well said. Um, I also want to ask you about, so your is it your dad? So you just, uh, studded your GSP out, right? Yeah. And, and they had litter and your dad kept a puppy. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So a guy from Casper, Wyoming, um, I'm part of the German show hair blog on Facebook. And I just kind of put a picture out there. I was like, hey, if anyone's willing to um, link up, I'm willing to stud my dog out. And uh, someone from Casper, Wyoming, um, connected with me, and uh, he really liked um, the look of my dog and how tall he was. My dog's pretty lanky. He's almost 30 inches tall. Oh, wow. is withers. Okay. so He's a pretty leggy dog. And um, this guy in Casper, he does guided hunts out there, and there's a lot of stage, stage brush, so he needs a taller, lanky dog to kind mm-hmm. of maneuver and uh, get around a face brush sure that makes sense so uh, he drove all the way down from casper and um our dogs did their thing and uh there the pups were born there's only two pups um okay. i'm not sure why but there's only two which is which worked out perfectly because he wanted a puppy from the litter and my dad wanted a puppy from the litter perfect and um one dog was liver and one dog was liver and white One dog was black and white. So my dad wanted black and white and he wanted liver, liver. So I mean, it worked out after all. Wow. But, uh, my dad went up there a couple weeks back to go get the puppy. And okay. And she looks just like my dog. So really? She's going to be big. She has big paws. She's actually weighed <laughs> more than when he did at her age. The mom oh, wow. And she's a just female. Tall wow. as him. Yeah. And the mom is crazy. just as tall as him and weighed more than him. And my no dog was about 75 pounds. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. He's, he's a big, he's a big boy. Okay.
1: He's a big short hair. Yeah. Wow. I don't know how getting
0: But like you said, he's he's super lean though. He's not he's not fat. At no, all. he's he's yeah, tall. No.
1: And that's how his mom was. She was she was super skinny and just um, just really built. So that's cool. And he just kept growing. I was like, oh, I think he's I think he's done growing up. No, he just kept he just kept taking off. I was like, oh yeah. he's getting a little too big. <laughs> I was living in an apartment at the time. I was like, this is Yeah. Like, When's this dog gonna stop?
0: I know. I, uh, I really like Koda's uh, face because his face is almost, is it almost all black? It is all black, it's, yeah. It's cool. I yeah. really like that look. That's a, that's a cool markings he's got. I
1: appreciate it. Yeah. He, uh, his, his markings are almost symmetrical. So the guy um, that I got him from, they called him Saddle because he had a perfectly symmetrical saddle on his back. He has a, a nice patch that's symmetrical on both sides. Oh, wow. Yeah, he has really cool markings his daughter um the pup that my dad got she actually has a bridle down the middle of her middle of her face but she doesn't have an old black face um oh has a bridal, just like a brick would so okay um yeah it's, it's it's really cool looking and her face looks just like this <laughs> kind of well,
0: that's awesome Same like like thing. father like daughter yeah
1: <laughs> right so i'm excited to see them together
0: oh for sure man oh I, I, yeah. so uh, so you said he just picked picked her up not too long ago a couple weeks ago
1: yeah okay yeah he so, uh that's good timing, though. Grandy.
0: That's good timing as far as, I mean, hunting season. She'll be, you know, several months old by the time September, October roll
1: around. Yeah, he's a little concerned because she'll be, she'll be almost, she'll be about 10 months old. So every okay. other dog he's gotten has been, he started their dog, his past pup around six months was their first hunt. So okay. it'll be a little bit later. So a little bit older, yeah. He's not sure about that, but um, he has a friend with him. Um, they're going to get pigeons and race sure. as well, so they're going to definitely get them on. And I mean, he lives in Dog City, so he's got access to run dogs anywhere. Where there's oh, birds. nice! I mean, there's nice. Just, you can That's... leave the front door and um, be on the piece of property with pheasants and quell in like ten minutes. So. Stop!
0: Don't tell me that. <laughs> just don't yeah, tell me it, that.
1: <laughs> it was it was so jealous. Fun season, being able to um, do online schooling, and they're just like, you know what? I'm going to take a break and just go out yeah. the field or two that's so
0: nice. Yeah. I mean here in Colorado to to be on I mean to be on pheasant from where I live it's probably 2 hours and 50 minutes to be on on pheasant maybe a little bit less and then quail yeah probably similar probably talking 3 hours so uh, that's that's just in state Colorado and then Nebraska is not that much further Kansas isn't that much further either so
1: well that's not too bad where I'm at now I'm gonna to have to travel a lot further. If I wanna to go to where my parents are at and dodge, um it's only like a five and a half hour drive. Oh wow, okay. I'll be driving throughout the night. Um Oh for so, sure. I mean there's hunting closer, but the better part of hunting is um I'd say or west of Wichita in around gotcha. Haze. Okay. But yeah. Um, gotcha.
0: So I've I'm I've nice gotten I've gotten both my Brits. Um one I picked up in I think October one. Well, yeah. The older one I picked up in October and then the younger one I picked up in September. So they didn't, they didn't obviously hunt at all that, that fall. So they've been almost a year when oh, really? they're for their first hunting season. And, um, I mean the younger one, he hasn't even had his first, his first season yet. Cause he, I just got him last September. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what, you know, what he's going to put together. Um, but yeah, he's about nine or 10 months now. He'll be one in July. And then uh, my older one, Gage, you know, same deal, but it didn't seem to phase him at all. I mean, his first season, he was you know, just about a year, and he did he did really well. So
1: there's there's yeah, hope. Really good, really good looking Brittany. Um, I do have Thank to you. ask that uh, the younger one is a uh, French Brittany, right?
0: He is. Yep. Yep. He's a French. He yeah, yeah. he is a a whopping a whopping thirty
1: one pounds. Oh really? Is yeah. How big they uh, normally get? Yeah, they,
0: I mean, they can range. Um, I'm, everyone I talk to, including the breeder, thinks he'll top out at maybe thirty-four, maybe thirty-five. Um, so he'll he'll fill out a little bit more, but um, and maybe get a little bit taller. But he's he's tiny. <laughs> he is he's a yeah. tiny boy.
1: Yeah, but that's a good size, though. No, it's, it's good. It doesn't take too much space in your house. Oh yeah,
0: that's that's the nice yeah. thing about the Brits is. Yeah, just right. easy when they're in the house, which isn't too often, but when they are, it's, I mean, you don't really notice them too much, which is nice.
1: Yeah, Britney's are easygoing compared to short. I had no clue what I was signing up for when I, when I got a short. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're just wild. They're just totally wired differently. Our Britney's are a lot more laid back. and um, Yeah. I've noticed with a short... Uh, maybe it's just my dog, but he is super needy. He has to be in my life. Really? So he's like a shadow. It's, it's okay. Is, yeah, is that but, is
0: that kind of the breed in general or is that just dog specific? I
1: think so. From some of the things I've read and people I've talked to, I think that's how short hairs go. Um, yeah. They just always got to be around you. And they're, they're pretty inquisitive. Um, he's always watching what I'm doing. I'm in the backyard like digging or um, <laughs> picking up dog poop and he's trying to help me out. He's digging or... <laughs> Taking something up, trying to get my
0: attention. Oh yeah. man, but, yeah, it's it's funny. I think people outside of of hunting dogs and and all that, because when when we were gonna get a britney for the first time, uh, Gage was my first hunting dog, and I said, "Hey, we're getting a britney Every person I talked to was like, "Oh, they're so high, strung Watch out! They're they're crazy." I'm like, "Okay," like I was getting a little nervous, and as, with having you know two of them now, it's like you said. I mean, they're they're super chill. I mean. I, I had golden retrievers growing up and they're mm-hmm. honestly kind of re- resemble them a little bit, pretty chill and relaxed. And so I don't know if it's just a misper- misperception or, or what it is, but they, I haven't experienced the, the high
1: strung Brits yeah. yet. Do you, uh, do you think it got easier when you got a second dog? So they could keep each other um, occupied and like kind of <sighs> play, like play around and not, you know, get into things and tear things up if they're alone, alone by themselves.
0: I, that's a good question. I hear that a lot from people. Um, I have friends of mine who, who said, Hey, we're getting a second dog because of that. Cause I want them to tire each other out and blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I don't know. My personal opinion is it actually, they get amped up more when they're <laughs> they're together. So they're on the side Definitely of the, side in the of house. Our, oh, and in the house, but even in yeah. the dog run. So our dog runs, uh, directly on the side of our house, kind of next to our living room. And there'll there'll be nights where we're watching TV and it sounds like there's a wrestling match, like body slams, like garbage cans are falling over. Like it's intense on the side of our house and they're just, you know, they're just being dogs going at it and having fun. But um, I I don't know. I've, I've been seeing more of this, like they're constantly amped up, which is good. It tires each other out, but um, I don't know. Cause when it was just gauge, I mean, it was like paradise. It was like, Right. wine okay. bark he was he was super chill um so maybe that was just him or i don't know but it's there's a lot of a lot more noise now with t- with the t- Sure, t- i
1: could at see that yeah. yeah um and i've been i, I want to i'm ultimately going to get another dog i mean he doesn't want another bird dog oh yeah but i was i was thinking because we uh we've been watching my um, girlfriend's co-worker's dog and every time that dog comes over. They just play. We throw them in the backyard, and they just tire each other out. And then whenever he comes back in, he just sleeps the whole time. That's good. But, um, if if he's just by himself, especially if you go to work and we leave him home alone, he just gets into the stuff. So I, my thinking was, if we had another dog, they just play with each other as long as it's just not tearing up the house, you know. Because I can yeah. totally see how they just amp each other up and keep going at him. Just exactly. Things get destroyed. Hard work for.
0: 100 percent um so you mentioned again second dog everyone wants more dogs I, i'm already talking to my wife about a third dog possibly um so if you go with a second dog what's it going to be uh,
1: that's a hard question i'm just thinking <laughs> about that um and i have to talk to my girlfriend about it but she wants another dog she has a miniature approval she wants a standard approval now oh okay so maybe we can meet in the middle and get a poodle pointer. I don't know. Okay. I'm kind of okay. looking at that. I don't know how they they do on um, upland birds. I heard they they point, but um, yeah. they have to get, they, they don't lock down as well. What sure. I've heard, but uh, I mean, they'd definitely be good for waterfowl hunting, I think. Cause they have oh like yeah, they would be great. Or natural retrievers. But um, I mean, if yeah, if we have to meet in the middle, I'd do a poodle pointer. But if we're, okay. if we're up to me, I'd probably get another short hair. Breaking, okay.
0: Okay. a. The two you know, the two you just, like um, and
1: yeah, that's what that's what I'm familiar with. And sure. um I just think they're great dogs all around how well they're great family dogs. So Absolutely. but I'm also what I also have on my radar is a drop or a wire hair. Um nice. I'm not too keen on the I guess the wire hair and the drop are a little there there's differences.
0: Um, okay. I'm
1: wrong, but like I guess the wire hair is the American version and the drop is the true German bloodline. Oh, okay. I get a lot of flag for I, that. I didn't know that. I mean, they're two different communities. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is with the, the bird oh, yeah. dog world. I, guess. I, I love how you passionate how people,
0: I love how passionate people get about their, their right. bird dogs. Cause right. I think I got the best dogs in the world. The guy down the street thinks he has the best dogs in the world. He thinks, you know, exactly. it, everyone it's, and there's no right or wrong. It's just, it's all no, personal preference. No. And no, and, it's all, I mean, that's it's all totally fun. Fine. Yeah. As Absolutely. long as you have
1: a good dog that, uh, I mean, ultimately they're they're your babies, your, your house oh, dogs, yeah. like at the end of the day. So Absolutely. as long as you just have a good dog, but, um, you can deal with a day in and day out. Absolutely. A dog that perfectly retrieves the hand, does all these steel trials. I mean, yeah. I mean, some guys love that and that's great. Um, that's not my thing. I just, uh,
0: yeah, I've I've always just wanted a dog that, and, and, yeah, a dog that points, finds me birds, yeah. and, and we have a good time together. That's I that's don't really... request
1: too much of my dog. Yeah, <laughs> be a good boy and just not getting into the trash too much. Yeah, exactly. Actually, it funny because um, we were supposed to do this last Friday, and um, oh, yeah. I get home. Oh, And, that's and my right. dog didn't come out. To, yeah, my dog didn't come out to greet me. Normally he does. He's all wired, going crazy, yeah. running around, bringing shoes to me when I get home. And he, he, he didn't come to me when I walked in the door. I was like, okay, something's up. So usually when he does it, I know he got into something. Oh no. It. Cause I, I, I don't hate him. Usually he does pretty well. But some days, di- some days if I don't get him out and he doesn't get exercise. He, he gets into, it. he gets little room. Sure. He just gets into stuff. So I get home. He didn't greet me at the door. I'm like, Oh boy, he got into something. And I walk into, um, the spare bedroom. Cause we closed all the other doors. And we let them lay on the spare bed. Um, <laughs> But there's nothing for him to get into. And, uh, I get in there and there's just wrappers everywhere. And they're all Kit Kat rappers. My favorite you, said, you
0: sent me a picture, man. There was candy everywhere.
1: Oh, it was ridiculous. Ugh. And, um, so my girlfriend got a, um, uh, Easter pear package, you know, a bunch
0: of candy in it. <laughs> oh Four no. Or a whole
1: bag. There wasn't a single Reese's or Kit Kat. Left.
0: That's kind of amazing though, that the wrappers were left and the candy yeah, was out I, of the wrappers. <laughs> that takes some I skill.
1: I don't know how he did it, but he picked them out and um, there was some wafer and chocolate crumbs everywhere. Oh. It was a huge mess. And I picked up dog poop yesterday and oh. I saw something shiny. I thought, what is that? And then under <laughs> thorough um further investigation, I saw that of the K cat wrapper. So he did eat a few K cat wrappers. Oh I bet. All said and done. I took him in and we got gave him something to make him throw up and then this is charcoal paste. Um, okay, that kind of coats his stomach and um, makes him have really bad runs. I mean, their runs just like oh. black tar. Oh, jeez! They're going all the time. Wow! But you can actually buy that stuff at a tractor supply. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, a tractor supply or Orshelns or other places like that okay. you can buy those, nice. runs, those kits to make them throw up. So I definitely recommend that. Ever since that, I, I yeah. went out and bought one. That's
0: a good idea. What's it called again?
1: Uh, it's a charcoal paste. Okay. Um, and it comes with a syringe can't remember the name of it but it's a charcoal paste for dogs and then um what also works is hydrogen peroxide three percent or less so i, I have used the, i have used that before yeah yeah just um, not fun but it should make them throw up no yeah. it's not fun yeah but, um, better than having a sick dog or taking the dog to the
0: vet. oh yeah for sure you know dude my uh it's yeah. so gunner the the french brit he <laughs> this is pretty gross he's a he's a big poop eater he uh, just he it's dude i'm so sick of it he's just out there just like his chom- own poop and gauges it's, it's nasty dude it's he's just chomping out there and i'm like come. Oh. he's done it ever since he's a puppy huh. and I, I haven't really tried to, to break him of it um i, I mean it's not a huge I don't deal yeah I don't, I, i've heard people like there's stuff you can give him, or i don't know i even asked my vet i'm like anything i can do and he's like he's a dog <laughs> I'm yeah, like, fair yeah. point. Fair point. He's gonna sure. he's gonna do what he wants to do. So but uh it's pretty pretty gross.
1: Yeah. Mine will occasionally um go get some shaken bait from the kitty litter. Okay, that's pretty gross. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he has he has a shaking bake all over his face. <laughs> oh dude. He's carrying it around the house. I'm like, dude,
0: come on. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh yeah. And then you know, two, three days later I forget about it. I'm like, oh come here, buddy, give you a hug and a kiss. I'm like hug and a kiss. A kiss. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, wait a second. Oh. I probably shouldn't do that. So yeah, okay. Um dude, I have um with every uh, every guest I've had on, I've been doing a series of uh, rapid fire questions at the end here, mm-hmm. and so I'm just gonna rattle off a couple things, and you just give me your give me your quick response. All right, some of these we've we've probably already touched on, but we'll uh, we'll give it a try. All right, all right. So, are you picking upland hunting or turkey hunting?
1: Uh, upland hunting for sure, just because of the, the bird dog work. If you could hunt turkeys um, with a bird dog and they'd point turkeys, it would probably turkeys but okay, I how that goes, so.
0: awesome. Uh, I know we talked about this a second ago, but uh, if not a GSP, what's your second favorite breed?
1: Definitely britney Brittany,
0: Brittany? okay, way. dude, yeah. you're a good guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> what uh, what gun are you carrying out into the uplands with you?
1: Um, so I grew up with Benelli Nova, my dad got that for me 10 Christmases ago, so I've been shooting that, and that's a heavy gun to carry, and it's hard to swing. And then, uh, is um, it, that's is it, that the
0: pump or is that the semi? That's the
1: pump. Yeah, okay. I, I got I have one of those pump. Yeah, yeah, it's a good gun for waterfowl and turkey hunting and everything else. But as far as like upland hunting, it's a little too heavy to carry in the field. So um he gifted to me his Benelli monofilter which is actually two years older than I am. So he got that thing in like nineteen ninety four. Oh wow! And um, I've been using that, and that's a great gun. He's kept it clean, no rust, no dirt, no dust, nice. So um, th- right now that's what I'm using is the Nellum on
0: filter. Okay. 12 gauge?
1: 12 gauge. Yep.
0: Okay. Nice. Nice. You haven't, you haven't uh, went over to the 20 gauge realm yet?
1: <laughs> uh, no, not yet. Okay. Maybe, uh, maybe one day. Okay. I get older and I don't know. It would probably be a over under. If I were to get a 20 gauge, probably be a over under.
0: There you go. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, a solo hunt, uh, with just you and your dog or a hunt with a couple buddies?
1: Um, a couple of buddies. I mean, the camaraderie yeah. makes everything to up on hunting. I'm just kind of shooting the crap with the guys and, you know, just having a blast. And, um, on the same hand, you can cover a lot more ground. And if they have bird dogs, even better. So, yeah. yeah. Other types of hunting, I prefer to be by myself. I like turkey hunting. I, um, do a lot of run and gun hunting. I don't like to sit too much. I like to go to the bird call, um, if he gobbles back, I'll meet him halfway. So, typically sure. on those types of hunts, I like to be by myself because I, uh, I'm so fast-paced and, yeah i do a lot of army crawling some of okay. my friends they don't that, do all that. They're they rather like sit it and get you yeah know. yeah
0: they're like uh thanks for the invite but uh we're busy that day <laughs> no right
1: <laughs> um, so, all right just
0: just two uh, more uh favorite uh bird species to hunt
1: um for the longest time it's a pheasants, but i don't think you can beat that a cackling rooster as it like mm. turns and hits the thumb oh. i think that's oh. so cool
0: um, that's the, the best with
1: others, but uh I think lately, i I probably say quill. There's just so many different species of quill. I think yeah. and um And it's on my bucket list. I plan to go hunt all seven species. So far, I've hunted two. And That's so awesome. I've only shot one. But I think all next right. year, I'm going to try to go after the scale quill again. Hopefully, nice. Hopefully, I connect on a shot.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah.
1: man. You just get better dog work with those.
0: Okay, cool. yeah I've, I've heard that i haven't hunted a lot of quail i've done just the bob whites and but everyone i talk to says you get better dog work they hold better mm-hmm. um and so i saw my it, just last year was my first ever uh, wild quail i ever shot and uh it was it was really cool seeing the cubby flush and uh, gets it gets your heart racing the first one i ever saw it, my buddies already took off a couple of shots by the time i got my gun up it just it happened so quick and, and they're fast mm-hmm. little birds
1: and it just scares you I mean it kind yeah. of startles you when they get up and then, and then you can relocate them after that and you get the singles and the doubles and that's when it really becomes.
0: yeah yeah you so, can kind of start, yeah, start pinpointing well, them absolutely that's yeah. awesome all right last question uh, bird hunting or snowboarding
1: oh bird hunting all the way okay snowboarding is fun but uh, you, you can't be you know walking through a field with a gun in hand with a the dog and um, there's nothing better than that my favorite thing to do
0: I agree my friend. I agree Awesome, Cade. Yeah. Um, how can people, if they have questions or want to reach out to you or follow you on Instagram, how can they, uh, how can they get a hold of you?
1: So, yeah, uh, best place to reach me is um, my Instagram account, Hunt HuntTheLive. So, it's underscore hunt, the number two, and then live underscore. So, nice. yeah, just uh, reach me on Instagram. Uh, if you want to connect for a hunt or just get together, I'm an easygoing guy, and I love to meet new people and go to new places. So, um, just feel free to reach out.
0: Dude, that's awesome. Dude, that is awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Cade. I've really loved uh, this conversation and just getting to know you a little bit more and and just talking dogs and, and bird hunting. I'm you got me fired up for quail again now.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Um, I hope we can do it again or uh, connect for a hunt. Maybe we'll have to move absolutely to Kansas, which will probably be five six hours for both of us. So yeah that's no, my halfway point
0: absolutely so, man well, i love I'd love to this. try my luck at kansas again and yeah thank you so much i'll I'm definitely gonna have you back on and um yeah really appreciate your knowledge and uh i'm sure we'll be talking to you again soon
1: sounds good will
0: all right man you have a great night and uh we'll talk to you later
1: all right you as well yeah
0: Well, that is it for episode number four. I hope you enjoyed that talk with Cade Springsteen. I love getting to know him a little bit more. Him and I have been Instagram buddies for uh, some time now and uh, just have traded uh, numerous messages back and forth. Uh, I love what he's about. I love this log of lies. Uh, I dove into that a little bit more and uh, has actually encouraged me and inspired me a bit to uh, maybe keep track a little bit more this year uh, of some of the memories, some of the, the hunting trips that I'm going on, uh, whether it's just me and my dogs or or me and a couple buddies. So Cade, well done. Uh, Excited to see what's to come uh, for your season here coming up. Well, as always, please share this episode with a friend. Tag us on social media at the Upland under, I'm sorry, at the Upland Rookie Podcast or at Upland underscore Brits. Would mean a lot to me to also, if you would leave a rating and a review, an actual written review, on Apple Podcasts, um, their algorithms really, really are dependent on reviews um, and and ratings. And so, for this podcast to get out to more people, more hunters, more rookies, just like you, um, that would mean the world to me. Uh, as of today, I think I was up to around 18, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, not even. I think episode two only just dropped, um, today. So really excited and and thankful that you all have taken the time to do that. Um, I just can't stress that enough. Um, I think that's all I had. Remember, if you're not fortunate enough to hunt or own a Brittany, any bird dog is better than none. Take care and I'll see you next week.